Welcome back, everybody. This is Encounter with God as Mon comes sliding into the chair with her breakfast in one hand and uh, two hands actually in two hands. I just forgot I was on radio, just blanking out in the kitchen, <laughs> dreaming up about stuff. <laughs> now, nah, thinking about that interview, how good was that interview? Hey? Yeah, and, and and you know, just talking to. Um, to our boss here in between time, there was so much more that uh, PB had that he could share mm-hmm. and that he is going to be sharing tomorrow. Really, really dramatic stuff. So he can get along to the Hamilton Church um, at 10 o'clock tomorrow, Hamilton Adventist Church here in Newcastle. Then you can hear that story, that testimony in full. Um, so that's going to be a very, very powerful testimony that uh, PB is going to be sharing right there tomorrow. And right now we're going to have another clue for our quiz because yes, Mon indeed. has... Almost got herself sorted out over here. Yeah, I'm so annoyed that I've poured milk in my cereal now, and now I have to talk for like, what is it, 20 minutes straight? <laughs> Your cereal that, is going to be so good. Mush, 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 mush. When are we talking about cereal? When are we having our, um, our, our porridge off? off? Our porridge off. Do you know what? I, I don't want to set a definite because date. I'm just looking at. I'm just looking at this package here. Of it looks like uh, um, packaged porridge. You know, add hot water out of a. Oh, no, sweetheart, no. calm down. This is hot chalk. <laughs> well, it's the same kind of satchel it I'm is, thinking, yeah, yeah, if this is what you're bringing to the porridge of. <laughs> Do you know, I did cross my mind. Yesterday I was at the supermarket and I was looking at all the po- the um, the prepackaged porridge satchels and I was like, how funny would it be if I snuck one of these into the competition and then won <laughs> with a pre-mix? <laughs> it's, like, it's like winning a baking competition with a, with a cake mix from a box. Um, no, so. Okay, so I don't want to set a definite date for our porridge competition until I actually find the uh, the wheat berries because, like, you know how I was talking about that um, uh-huh. that Middle Eastern wheat berry stuff. So it is a, a kind of like a specialist ingredient for, as far as I'm aware. And Newcastle is not the greatest place to be finding um, specialist stuff because it's not a huge yeah, shopping capability. Specialist shops around, yeah. But I need like one of those Middle Eastern kind of um, you know ethnic shops. All right, if you know if you can help mine out, yes, please. Um, we're in the Newcastle, Central Coast, uh, Hunter region, can uh, you buy wheat berries? Um, then give us a call. She needs some help right now. Yeah, or even if you're just like on your way to work every day, you always drive past like some sort of Middle Easterny, Asiany kind of uh, you know shop. And uh, actually, no, not not Asian because I, I know hundreds of Asian grocers that don't have wheat berries. But if you drive past like a Middle Easterny kind of one, give me a call and let me know where it is so I can go find it. The Middle East is in Asia. Yeah, I know, but you know how you know. <laughs> Stop that, Lyle. Ah, ha, 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 I'm just trying ha, ha. to split some hairs with me. <laughs> Love splitting hairs. <laughs> All right. Talking about splitting hairs. Oh, yeah, a quiz quiz clue. Let's um, split some hairs on our quiz. Okay, you ready for this? Clue number four. I was a kinsman redeemer and Obed is my son. We might have to take a note uh, here a moment for you to explain to us what a kinsman redeemer is, Lyle. Yeah, okay. It's, a, it's, it's quite, a, kind of, quite a little bit challenging to do that without actually giving this entire story away. Okay, so, don't then. Don't then. That's, <laughs> fine. That's fine. Maybe we'll have this conversation in the next section. How about that? That sounds good. We'll, we'll save this for the next section because it is a really, really good concept, um, the, the concept of the kinsman redeemer. To be honest, I was only asking because I thought you might monologue for a bit so I could eat some cornflakes. <laughs> <laughs> the okay. things that go on behind the scenes. <laughs> if we had one of those studios where uh, 
where um, the, 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 it's also broadcast, you know, live stream. Oh, yes. You would never yeah. get away with this, Mon. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, but I think people you would, would never get away coming to work in your pajamas. This is not my pajamas. Oh. These are my gym clothes. Okay. And that's what I'm grateful for this morning. I am now the owner of a gym membership as of last night. Cool. Yeah, I know, right? I know. So I'm in my gym clothes, ready to hit that gym. Have you ever done this before? I've done those like one week free trial <laughs> at like every gym in my vicinity. Um, <laughs> but this is only the second time I've owned a gym membership, and the first time was so long ago I can barely even remember it. So yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. But yeah, I think if people were watching us uh, on video, they'd be impressed by my capabilities of multitasking. Oh. I- just this saying. Is, this is this is this is true. Just this is true. I, this I cannot deny. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So where are we up to? Acts chapter twenty, and uh, why don't you start for us in verse twenty-five? Twenty-five to thirty-one. Acts 25. twenty. Twenty-five to thirty-one, and this is all about wolves. Have you ever met a wolf? I have never. I've heard they're really big, like much bigger than we imagine. Like you know, than we realize. You've never seen a wolf? No, not even at a zoo. Really? Yeah, no. I've never seen a wolf. I've seen I've seen dogs that have uh, that are part wolf. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never even seen a dingo. I mean, I've seen a dingo at a zoo, but not wild. What? Yeah, I've never seen a wild dingo. Don't they have dingoes in West Australia? Yeah, but I've never seen them wild. I've seen lots of I've wild dingoes at my place. Are come you to my place? Yeah, yeah, you got a wild dingo at your place? Oh, every now and then. Yeah, we we need. He doesn't actually come. They I should say they they tend to hang out more in the quarry. Okay. Um, I didn't realize they would come in that close. Because they don't really like dogs. Oh, okay, right. But okay. sometimes what will happen is that you're about anything. Ah. And uh, and you can almost walk up, you know, because they're just like kangaroo joes and jumps in the dam and just like, hey, come and get me. <laughs> and I'll drown you. <laughs> and uh, the dingo's like, hmm. But his focus just, just, just that, that total, total, you know, predator focus uh-huh, uh-huh. is like really, it's, 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 it's kind of powerful and creepy. And so my neighbour um, had this happen one time and so she... Um, Walked right up and took a photo. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, and showed me on a phone and it was just like, you Whoa. have got to be kidding. <laughs> okay. <coughs> well, let's get All back right, to so, our study. Uh, before we do, before we do. Yes. I-, I thought I might talk a little bit more about the Kingsman Redeemer. Uh, okay. okay. And explain exactly, um, you know, what the Kingsman Redeemer is, who it is, all that kind of stuff. So you definitely want to do that? Yeah, definitely want to do that. Okay. Well, I'm going to eat cornflakes. Go ahead. Okay. So there was a man, man by the name of Boaz. Wild Southwell. <laughs> Something's going on that I don't know about. You got way, way too smug. I, I look, it looks like you did that on purpose and not by accident. So I'm going to hold my rebuking until I know okay. what's going on. <laughs> Congratulations to Janelle from Brisbane who has texted in, texted in the correct answer. Oh, and that is Boaz. Boaz. So the quiz is gone and there is a prize coming your way, Janelle, from uh, Brisbane. And uh, congratulations. So, um, yes. So, Boaz, the yeah, Kinsman well, Redeemer. Now we can. Now, now that the quiz has been answered. Yeah, we good can, on you, Janelle. You're winning a prize. Boaz. Yeah. <laughs> I had you there for a second. I'll look on my face you when should, you just oh. went Boaz. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had recorded that. <laughs> Would have been the best. But anyway. Okay. Kinsman Redeemer. What is that? <laughs> okay. A Kinsman Redeemer is a relative. It works a little bit like this. In Israel, the land was sacred. So, it's very similar to our indigenous culture here in Australia. The land was sacred. The land was divvied up between the different families and the land could never be lost from the family. You could sell the land, but when you sold the land, in effect, all you were doing was actually leasing the land and you could not lease it. The maximum lease that you could lease your land for was 50 years. 
And so at the end of that lease, the land would automatic, re- automatically revert back to the descendants of the owner of the land. We're following so far. Good. Yep. So uh, I just uh, had to ask that question right there because <laughs> mine's trying to eat. <laughs> Stuff a whole bowl of cornflakes <laughs> down my face. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so really it's kind of more like renting. Yeah, yeah. You put a okay, lease. You put yeah. a lease on the land. Yeah. Okay. So then there are, were a number of contingencies because you know the owner of the land might die, then it would pass to his son, and then the land would come back to the son or the grandson. Now the challenge was, what happened then if uh, all of the descendants died while the land had been sold or leased? That would mean that the land was then lost to that family. It was lost to the descendants and the generation and so forth. And so God put into uh, provision a, uh, a a clause there so that the land could stay. And the clause was that if you were a near relative and, and, and the nearest relative had first dibs, and if there was a widow that was attached to the land, then you could marry the widow and you would redeem the land and you would then raise up descendants to, uh, to, to look after that piece of land. Okay, so there's a great story here about redemption. It's a great illustration of um, redemption all the way through this because in this particular story, you have, um, <coughs> you have a Limelech who, goes, who sells his land or he leases it um, and goes to Moab. He's in Moab for 10 years. He dies in Moab. He has two sons, so the land theoretically should go to his two sons you know, when, when the lease expires. The problem is that both of those sons die, and so now the land is likely to be lost. So the question is, how do you solve this particular problem? Now, the two sons had got married while they were in the land of Moab, and they had married Moabite girls. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. And so according to the Constitution of Israel, the land now belonged to these Moabite girls if they chose to redeem it, but they would need to obviously be married to, uh, to raise up descendants so that the land could stay within the family. And so... Um, Cut a long story short, when they come back, Naomi understands this whole situation and she knows that Boaz is a kinsman redeemer. He is a relative who is not a, obviously, blood relative, uh, but he is a near relative who has the ability to be able to redeem the land for the family. Now, of course, Naomi and Ruth are in abject poverty, so this would be a really uh, good thing if it could take place. But at the same time, you know, Ruth is just a young girl and Boaz was a much older businessman and so um, Boaz is is very supportive of the family is very kind towards um, this Moabite girl which was not the typical thing in um, Israel they tended to be very exclusive as a nation they tended to be very much uh, rejecting of uh, Gentiles they wouldn't eat with a Gentile they wouldn't touch a Gentile they wouldn't go under the roof of a Gentile um, and here you've got this dark-skinned Moabite girl she's a Gentile you know um, she's standing out. But Boaz, Boaz is kind to her. Boaz recognizes that she is a person of good character and says, okay, work in my field. He gives her some uh, level of employment. Um, they have been reduced to the level of beggars at this particular time, but he makes sure that they are supported. At the end of the harvest, Naomi suggests, 
something to Ruth. And she says, look, dress yourself up, make yourself look pretty. You've been working in the fields all, all year. Grab a spare sandal. <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting to the sandal. Um, <clears throat> and she says, wait until Boaz, I, I like the way her, her mind works, has uh, finished the harvest and then he sits down to eat and to drink and relax and the blood goes from his brain to his stomach, you know, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> And she says, go down to the threshing floor where he's guarding his pile of grain that he hasn't had time to store away yet. And, uh, um, and, and, and then, um, you know, he will tell you what to do. Basically, she tells him to go and propose to him. Mm-hmm. And so here you've got a situation where um, she goes down there. Boaz has gone to sleep. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a full stomach. He's gone sound asleep. And so she just lies down and at his feet and goes to sleep at his feet. Well, he wakes up in the middle of the night, stirs, and there's somebody there that would um, scare you for a second. That would totally freak me out. But then he realizes that Ruth, and Ruth says, "You're a kinsman redeemer." The moment that um, Ruth says that, she's just proposed marriage to this older gentleman, mm-hmm. and he's like, "That's just amazing." Um, that you would even consider me rather than just going and running after all the young men um, like a, you know. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Um, (laughs) So uh, he says, the problem is there is a relative who is closer than I am and he has first dibs. So this has to be then negotiated. So he goes and sees the relative and the relative says, there's no way in a million years is this relative going to pollute his genes with Moabite blood. Is not even the, the property is not even worth that much to him. If only he knew what was coming. Yeah, yeah. If only he knew. Mm-hmm. If only he knew. Boaz, on the other hand, was a very different person because uh, Boaz's uh, mother was um, a Canaanite, um, a Canaanite prostitute by the name of Rahab, and so of course he's going to have a much broader view of you know this whole situation. And this is one of the reasons why, no doubt, he's um, he's been generous to this Moabite girl in the first place. Mm, yeah. And so in those days, the, uh, the transaction took place um, by... Sandal. Sandals. <laughs> you swap sandals. You swap sandals. You give a sandal. <laughs> and so the, uh, the contract was sealed between the nearer relative and Boaz with a sandal. So that's where the sandal comes in. But there's a number of important lessons that we can learn from this because the land had been lost... And the person who had claim on the land was a racist, bigoted, nasty person and he was only interested in the land. He wasn't interested in the woman. Now, we live in a world where our world has been lost because of sin. Yeah, There is somebody who is racist and bigoted and a horrible person who has claims on our world because of sin. But he is not interested in the woman. In the Bible, the woman is God's church. And because he's not interested in the woman, he's not prepared to pay the price to ransom the land. He just wants the land. But Jesus was prepared to pay the price to ransom the land and ransom the woman. And of course, that, that price was the, uh, you know, the price of uh, his, his life. And Jesus came down to this earth as our kinsman redeemer, our near relative. Um, he lived as a human being. He became a human being just like you and I. He lived here on this earth. And you know, he associated himself with us and he gave his life for our, you know, so, so to, to redeem not just the planet earth, but to redeem you and I. And so he is our kinsman redeemer. Of course, you know, the woman has gone uh, to the land, uh, to the promised land, and 
The woman is searching for bread. Bread in the Bible is a symbol of the Word of God. And as the woman reads the Word of God, the Word of God leads her to a kinsman redeemer. Or it leads us to a kinsman redeemer. Her search for bread led her to a kinsman redeemer. Amen. And our search, when we search for the bread of life in the Bible, it will lead us to our kinsman redeemer who can buy us back, who can ransom it, pay the ransom, and who can um, restore to us our inheritance. In fact, the Bible says in uh, Romans chapter 8, let me just flick over there very quick. Romans chapter 8. The Bible says in verse 16, For the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. You know, that's an amazing passage right there because, you know, we are, this world is our home and we are heirs of this world. And God has promised to restore it back to us in the original condition it was back in the Garden of Eden one day. And He can do that because He is our kinsman redeemer who has redeemed us. And this is what the book of Ruth and Boaz, it's, it's a great love story. Mm. Uh, they go on to become the, uh, the, the, the grandparents of King David, of course, who uh, was the, the greatest Jewish hero of all time, except that he was um, one quarter Gentile. Um, and, uh, but even more so, they are ancestors of Jesus Christ himself, the ultimate kinsman mm. redeemer. Mm-hmm. So Boaz acts as a kinsman redeemer for Ruth. One of Boaz's descendants acts as kinsman redeemer for the whole world. Amen. And you think of that unnamed relative who missed that opportunity because, like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to pollute my, my bloodline with, mm. with with Moabite genes. I want to have these Gentile dogs, you know, that uh, he was he just wouldn't want to have a bar of it. And uh, what an opportunity he missed out on. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, to be in the lineage of, of Jesus Christ Himself. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really great Bible study out of the quiz today. Ah, oh, yeah. it's just, yeah, it's, it's like, it's how can you... It's a great story. It's such a great story. And, um, you know, there's other little bits of gems that you can draw out of it. You know, some people say, oh, you shouldn't marry someone not of your race. Well, um, <clears throat> yeah. some people say you shouldn't marry someone not of your color. Uh, what about this story? Yeah. Someone, some people say that you shouldn't have a marriage with a white age gap. Uh, oops. Yeah. Some people say that you uh, that women should not ma- should not uh, propose to men. Yeah, shouldn't make the first move. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> kind of um, you know blows a lot of social norms completely it's out right. of the water, and we find that God is above social norms, and a lot of what we consider to be culture and social norms, there is often an assumption mm. that these are biblical principles. You know, we grow up in a Christian home, and we, people often assume that this is something that's in the Bible. It's not. You know, there is no method or formula for people to get together in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible has a multitude of ways. You know, the Bible even has arranged marriages in it. Yeah, it's true. There's some really bizarre ways that people get together in the Bible, and it's not about how you do it. It's about what you do with the relationship once you get it together. Yeah, I've had lots of people say to me that they want to get, um, when they you know get into a relationship and get married, they want to do it the, the right way, like the biblical way. And I'm like, okay, so which of the million ways in the Bible is the right way? Yeah, that's right. Okay, so you're going to go and find somebody who's camping by themselves in the middle of the night, in the open air, <laughs> sleep at their feet, and then uh, when they wake up, say, hey, I'm a little bit cold now, can you put your blanket over me? Yeah, and here's my shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's got to be one of the most unusual proposals. Proposals I have ever come across. Yeah, absolutely. The Bible, there's a million and one ways to get down the aisle in the Bible. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, if you restrict yourself to just one method, then 
Um, you know, singleness is one of those things that is um, on the rise, dramatically rising, um, and along with that, loneliness is rising, um, and, uh, and and people have become stuck in traditions that they assume to be Bible, and they are simply not. We need to break free from the traditions and look at what the Bible says. And on some of these things, the Bible actually has very little to say mm. because God expects us to use our imagination and abilities. Well, I think Boaz is such a good guy, and it's great because it reminds me of how God is a good guy. You can study all the philosophies Having all the PhDs You can sleep on a bed that may be comfortable Having dreams that never end You can travel around and say Everything's going my way But there's a longing in your heart That isn't filled Thank you. 
was Grego Pele with Jesus Can and Will. And if you want to hear Grego live, then head along to uh, Bullaroo or Toronto Adventist Churches and uh, he'll be there um, every Saturday, every Sabbath, um, singing and leading out in music. Incredibly talented uh, mm, individual. Indeed. Yeah. And uh, we don't have another clue for our quiz because it's been snapped up. The answer, of course, was Boaz. We've been having a little Bible study about it. It was very interesting. Yeah, kind of... Um, Hijacked our encounter with God, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, but it's really inter- it's a really great story. I love the story. Fantastic story. One of our listeners just texted in and they said, A Million and One Ways to Get Down the Aisle. That sounds like a great movie title. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's true. Yeah, Maybe it's we should make a movie about the story of Ruth and Boaz. Oh, I think we should. I love the story of Ruth and Boaz. The problem is that whenever Hollywood gets hold of anything well, to do with the Bible, it. they just mess it mm-hmm. up so mm-hmm. badly. Mm-hmm. This is but it is, a, it, is a, it is a fantastic story. It's it a, is. a great love story right there. It is. And Boaz is such a good guy. Like he's such a nice guy. Yeah. 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 Which Ruth, is good. You know. Ruth really landed on her feet big time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which is, which is great because, you know, he's re- in the story, he represents Christ mm-hmm. and she represents us. Yes. So, yeah. So, we are destitute and, and, and Here's something interesting. Here's something Ooh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know who the Moabites were? Originally, are they like a tribe that they were supposed to have wiped out or something? They were descendants of Lot. Oh, really? And they were they came about as a result of an incestuous relationship that Lot had with one of his oh, daughters. Oh, that's right. Yep. And because of you know the, obviously the, the the pollutions of the polluted concepts of um, Sodom and Gomorrah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they had originally been a part of the promise. Oh, really? The land had originally. Belonged to Abraham and his descendants, Lot being one of those descendants. Yeah. It was lost to them because of sin. Mm-hmm. So the land had originally been you know, part of their inheritance. That land had been lost because of sin. They'd been separated by hundreds and hundreds of years from that, uh, that promise. But here you've got somebody who is grafted back into that inheritance through a redeemer. We have lost our world, mm. our inheritance, because of sin. But we get grafted back into that inheritance because of a redeemer. Now, impossible for, impossible for Ruth to get back into that inheritance without a redeemer. Absolutely impossible. Impossible for us to get our world back without a redeemer. For both Ruth and us, we can't get our land back. Unless there's a redeemer. Amen. And Jesus, hey. Jesus is our redeemer. Amen. Made it possible for ah, so many lessons. I, I could go it's on about such, this. One. It's such a good story. <laughs> the Book of Ruth. It's, it's like, like four five chapters. Yeah, four or five, five chapters. chapters. <laughs> um, yeah, go, go and read it today. Mm. Um, it'll it's a great take story you like with a twenty minutes, half an hour. Object lessons in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's a great story, even if you just love a good, good uh, love a good love story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's um, it's fantastic. All right, so where are we? Acts chapter 20. Maybe we should do something in relationship to our... Uh, wolves. <laughs> yes, wolves. We were talking about wolves. That's right. We were talking about wolves and whether you'd ever met a wolf and, or a dingo. And I hadn't. And so you have. Come to my place. We'll go and find some dingoes. I'm, I'm down for that. All right. So where are we? Acts chapter 20, verse 25 to 31 is the passage we're going to be 25 mm-hmm. versus... No, cha- chapter 20. Okay, oh, chapter 20. I'm in chapter 25. Verse 25. Verse 25. 2.31. Yep. 
As for the Gentile believers, they should do what we already told them in a letter. They should abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. So Paul went to the temple the next day with the other men. They had already started the purification rituals, so he publicly announced the date when their vows would end and the sacrifices would be offered for each of them. The seven days were almost ended when some Jews from the province of Asia saw Paul in the temple and roused a mob against him. They grabbed him yelling, men of Israel, help us. This is a man who preaches against our people everywhere and he tells everybody to disobey the Jewish laws. He speaks against the temple and even defiles this holy place by bringing in Gentiles. For earlier that day, they had seen him in the city. You've got to confuse look on your face. Mm, still the passage I was actually expecting. Oh. That's because I'm reading the wrong chapter. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, wait, 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 It's a great wait, story. Wait, wait, wait. It's a great story, but where about the, the Ephesians? Are there Ephesians here? No, I'm, I'm expecting something about Ephesians coming up. Okay, here we go. <coughs> and now that I know that none of you to whom I have preached the kingdom will ever see me again, I declare today that I have been faithful. If anyone suffers eternal death, it's not my fault. For I didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants you to know. So guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock. His church purchased with his own blood over Ah, which the Holy Spirit mm -hmm, has appointed you as elders. I know that false teachers like vicious wolves will come in among you after I leave, not sparing the flock. Even some men from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. Watch out. Remember the three years I was with you, my constant watch and care over you night and day, and my many tears for you. And now I entrust you to God and the message of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. Okay. Paul talks about wolves here. and He's addressing the believers in Ephesus. And he talks that some will come in and some will rise up from amongst them. What is their motivation? Paul gives the motivation in this passage. They want to. They want like fame, basically. They want they a want following. following. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fame or wealth, one of those yeah. two things, or both. They want. They want the likes. <coughs> and uh, uh, we find this in our world today, where I think uh, you know some of the uh, the seven wealthiest pastors in the world live in Nigeria. Really? That doesn't sound sus, does it? That sounds super sus. <laughs> you know, Nigeria, which I think was forty percent of their economy is run off scams. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have these mega wealthy pastors, and you sort of wonder, okay, what is it that they are actually trying to accomplish here? Mm-hmm. Been reading an interesting um, autobiography lately, uh, a fellow by the name of R.G. Latorno. Read it many years ago when I was a teenager. Great story. Uh, businessman, mm-hmm. incredibly wealthy businessman. Um, just you know, just wealth beyond what you can even begin to imagine. He had uh, major industrial plants all over the United States and in um, you know various parts of the world. Even here in Australia, had a massive manufacturing plant um, down in Rydalmere in Sydney and uh, employed you know, thousands and thousands of people. Really? But um, he was a Christian. Mm-hmm. His factories were never be allowed to be open on Sunday so that his workers could go to church. Mm-hmm. Um, he began by returning a uh, 10% tithe. And as his business grew, he increased that until he was returning a 90% tithe. Praise the Lord. And uh, so he set up colleges. He did um, projects in third world countries. He, uh, he he just found that it was impossible to outgive God. Can I borrow this book when you're <coughs> done with it? Yeah. it. Um, your housemates would appreciate it because this guy was just into, 
you know, mega machinery and the coolest man stuff that you can even begin to imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and, 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 and a prolific inventor. But, you know, the principles, you know, he was somebody who introduced chaplains, workshop chaplains, to provide counseling services in the 1940s. Wow. You know, I mean, this is, this, is, this is like 60, 70 years ahead of his time. You know, we provide counselors in the workplace um, these days. You know, large, large work, workplaces might have somebody on staff and smaller workplaces might provide, you know, a, uh, you know, like for instance here in our workplace, we have X amount of free counselling sessions that we can go to per year. Um, and, and, and that's good. But this is a really fairly recent development. This, this guy was doing it back in the 1940s. And... Um, <clears throat> And yeah, just you know, he he built a lot of machinery, of course, for the Second World War. And you think, okay, he's, he's making money off war. He refused to make profits on war, so he didn't charge, you know, the U.S. government, um, you know, a, a, a rate that would actually make a profit because he didn't think that that was um, that was moral. And uh, yeah, just uh, fantastic testimony. Ever get a, a copy of the book? Pick it up, read it. It's, it's a What's great it story. Um, Mover of Men and Mountains. This is Anna Laura. You've had enough You've given up on love You think that you'll never trust Well, I can see That your heart's been broken too many times It was wrong, now it's locked up so tight
They're living far longer and far happier than most people in the world. And now, their secret's out. Six regions have been identified as blue zones, places where people experience holistic health, and it's doing them a lot of favors. So do yourself a favor and come along to the free Rethink Health workshops, where we will explore six core principles of health and longevity proven through the Blue Zones at the Swansea Center Sunday, October 7, October 14, and October 21st. From 5 p.m. is where you'll find us. For more information, call 0402-528-869 or search for the Rethink Health event on Facebook. Listening to Melissa Otto with Citizen here on Faith FM, and we've come to question of the day. We don't yes. have uh, any more clue quizzes because Janelle from Brisbane already snapped up the uh, on, the prize. But uh, question of the day: What do we got there for question of the day? Okay, can I be a Christian without witnessing? That's an interesting thought. Mm. So you want to be a follower of Christ? Yeah, but you don't want to tell anyone about Christ. That's right. Bit shy. Bit awkward. Okay, you can be shy and awkward and you don't actually have to stand up front and preach a sermon. You can tell people about Jesus in many different ways. Let me go to the book of Matthew. And while I'm turning to the book of Matthew, let me point this out. The word Christian means and implies a follower of Christ. 
Okay. That's pretty clear, right? Yeah. All right. So if you are a follower of Christ, what does that actually mean? It means that you do what Jesus did. Isn't that so? Yeah. Okay. It also means that you do what Jesus said to do. So what did Jesus say to do? Uh, Jesus said this in Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus came and spake to them, saying, All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. And people say, Oh, I can't be a witness for Jesus because I don't know how. You don't need to know how. All you need is to make yourself available for God to speak through through you. Uh, Go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. Amen. That's what it says right there. And so if we are going to be a follower of Christ, if you are going to be a servant, a disciple of Jesus, then the first thing is you're going to do what Jesus did and Jesus was a witness. The second thing is you're going to do what Jesus said to do and Jesus said to go and be a witness. There are a couple of reasons why. First of all, if we go back in uh, Matthew, Matthew 24 here, and uh, let's go to verse <coughs> da, 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 da. verse 14. The Bible says, This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. For Jesus to be able to come back, he needs to close off the opportunity of salvation at some point here on this earth. Okay, okay, that's it. It's over. For that to happen, everyone on this earth must have the opportunity to make their final decision for or against God. I think that's uh, I think that's uh, quite clear. Uh, the only way that that can happen is if we actually go out and do that. Now you could say, well, God could give it to the angels, and God could give it to the angels, and God does sometimes use angels. But I want you to notice how God uses angels. Watch this. If you go to Acts, Acts chapter ten. We've got Acts chapter 10. We'll read the story of Cornelius. And so Cornelius was a devout man. He was somebody who served God. He's in his home. He is uh, praying in the middle of the day. And God does something for Cornelius that he's probably never done for any one of us. He sends an angel. And you can imagine Cornelius in that situation. He's been praying for light, for truth, for understanding. He wants to know all these things. And suddenly there's an angel there. It's like, wow, you know, God has done something special. He sent an angel to me to share the gospel. Now, Mon, tell me this. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be more eloquent in speaking, oh. you or an angel? Angel for sure. All right. All right. Notice what the angel says. Does the angel share the gospel? The angel does not. The angel says your prayers and your gifts have come up for a memorial before God. And now send some men to Joppa and call for someone named Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lives with uh, Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the seaside, and he will tell you what you ought to do. Okay, let's compare the angel with Peter. What do we know about Peter? Uh, he's a fisherman. Yeah, he's a fisherman, and he he's was typically the guy who who opened his handle. mouth and put both feet in at the same time, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. He had the biggest mouth out of all of the disciples, and he was the one who used it to ill effect more often than any of the other disciples. In fact, Jesus one time called him Satan. Um, you know, this is a guy who denied Jesus to his face. This was a guy who who acted, the Bible says, deceitfully in front of the apostle Paul. Peter, Peter was a, a weak, failing human being, and the angel says, go and get Peter. Why did the angel say, go and get Peter? Why did the angel, the angel's already there, he's come all the way from heaven. Why not just tell Cornelius what he needs to know? Why does he have to wait a day or so to get for Peter to come? The answer is very simple. Peter could share a testimony of the power of God's grace changing his life that the angel could never share. 
because the angel had never experienced the uh, changing power of God's grace. And that's what we need to be sharing with everybody that we have the opportunity to share it with. Thank you, Lyle. If you have a question, contact us here. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM.
Welcome back, guys. That was uh, Anders Svensson there with um, Other Side here on Faith FM. We're about to give something away, so get ready to call. 1-800-324-843 is the number. And if you were listening to Question of the Day and you were thinking, you know what, I really don't know how to witness to people, Mm -hmm. we have the solution for you. And we're about to give it away, so get ready to give us a call. This is a book. It's called If You Can Eat, You Can Make Disciples. Okay, Mon, can you eat? Oh, man, I can stuff my face. I can eat. Yeah, I can eat. Yeah, absolutely. That means we can make disciples. Martha out there, she can eat. Yep, she can eat. Mm-hmm. So she can make disciples too. I'm pretty so it's all sure good. all our listeners can eat too. Yeah, I kind of get that impression. Okay, all right. So good. <laughs> if you can eat, you can make disciples. This is the, actually, I love the premise of this book because when you look at the Acts model of evangelism, it included three things. Mm-hmm. Preaching, you know, doctrine, yep. praying, uh-huh. and eating. Amen. And the eating was the middle one of the two, praying Preaching came first, praying came last. I don't think they were in any order, but eating was listed as the, that, that. That's the Acts model of discipleship um, and evangelism that you find in Acts chapter 2. Well, this book is all about how to share your faith in a multi-faith and no-faith world. So, yeah, I, I do believe that witnessing is essential to your Christian walk, to your Christian life. And food is essential a powerful, to your physical life. powerful mm-hmm. way of bringing people together. And this book will teach you how to do so. So it's a really, it's a simple book. It's not like a huge, massive textbook. It has uh, simple steps, very clear, very easy, and uh, just walks you through, you know, some ways that you can share your faith. It doesn't have uh, millions of words in it. There's no big words. No, it's it's not um, big words at all. But it's really practical and really straightforward. And, and how many pages have you got there, Mon? It's not that. It's not. Oh, that it's big. only it's only like um like not even a hundred pages. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Simple book. It's only got <laughs> nine chapters. Um, it's all about you know how to. It draws on the, on the on the example of Jesus and teaches you how to do the same. So, a reproducible, simple approach to um, sharing your faith. Give there us a call is. now. You can get that for free. The number, of course, is one eight hundred Faith FM. We'll see you next week. Hey